0: read it from the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Familiar part of the Christmas story. While you're turning, uh, let me alert you to something you may have missed on the Facebook page, but this is an exciting time. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, our teenagers had their Christmas party, the first meeting that they've had back in the new youth building. Now, it's, it's not all ready yet, but that's the only place they could have the Christmas party. So we're finishing things up and so forth, but as they're moving into the building, there's a lot of things that they have a need of uh, to kind of furnish the building. If you remember a lot of years, we have a, uh, a special time to get things together for the ABS Center. This is kind of similar to that. Uh, Brother uh, Garrett and Courtney, and they put together a wish list of some things they had want for the new building. So you go to the Bristol Baptist Church Facebook page, uh, and I think they even have, uh, they're registered somewhere, and I've got people that are out of state that's already started ordering stuff to help out. So you don't be left behind on this. Find something you can help them out with and help them to furnish, of course, the new building with some special things. There's a few odds and ends we're trying to get done between now and the end of the year because we want to have it ready for them uh, when they resume uh, school and start meeting again because we created a point of no return because Brother Garrett and Brother Jeremy absolutely refused to move 40 chairs back upstairs. So they said that those chairs are staying uh, at the uh, youth room. But it was so good to look out and see. Uh, they had the fire pit going. Uh, kids were playing ball on the ball goal. Uh, those teenagers drug that ball goal all the way back there to make sure they, they were playing on it here before I went into adult Bible study and got out of adult Bible study. And they were playing on it back there. And They, they drug that big ball goal back there and having a great time. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the youth room. I'm excited about our youth program. And of course, this is a twofer. Not only it gives them a wonderful place to meet, it frees up some room that we so badly needed here in the building for the Awana program. So I am thrilled that we've uh, come to this point where we can actually start using the building. You help them out with the items that they might need. Luke chapter 1 beginning in verse 26. Would you stand as the scriptures read please? Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel departed from her. Now Mary rose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. So why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe looped in my, leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who's believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story, and it's much older than 2,000 years old, the story of the ages, of your sending a Savior to lost man. Father, as we celebrate the Christmas season, let us always celebrate the arrival of Jesus to live among us as one of us. But Father, let us never lose sight of the cross. There is was all part of your plan to bring redemption and salvation to lost humanity. And I ask that all of us here would know the reality of that gift in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. One thing we notice here if you read through this passage of Scripture after reading, of course, through the earlier verses of the book of Luke is this. The first point we notice as we look at the greeting of Gabriel to Mary. God always has his eye on his people everywhere. Now, I, noticed, I mentioned, of course, the preceding verses in that we read a couple of weeks ago that God had always heard the prayer of Zacharias. as in verse 13. Zacharias, of course, though he was in Jerusalem at the temple at the time the angel came and spoke to him, Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth lived in an unnamed little town in the hill country of Judah. An unnamed little town. It doesn't even mention the name of it. It was such a a small place. Now, the the term city here, as it's translated into English, that is a Greek word that just means any town of any size. To say it was a city would be a stretch of the imagination. It, It was an unnamed little hamlet up in the hill country. And so we realize God heard the prayer of Zacharias and Elizabeth for years and years and years, even though they were out of the mainstream. Look close at the verse we read in verse 26. Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, if you remember, Gabriel is the messenger of hope and restoration. He is one of the very few angels that are named, very important angel. God sent the important angel. God sent the one appointed for hope and restoration. And God sent this to Galilee of Nazareth. Nazareth. Nazareth was a small village of just a few hundred. Again, it says it was, it was a city. It was not a city. It was a little town. It was a little hamlet of just a few hundred. Now, if you look on the map and you study the geography of today, Nazareth was out of the way of most people in that country. Not one of the major trade routes passed through there. Not one of the international trade routes, not one of the local trade routes. Every important road bypassed Nazareth. In our country, uh, in our day-to-day, you would call this flyover country. Anytime you have, of course, the political season, you have people calling about flyover country. You know what that is? That is most of the United States between Los Angeles and New York. And people fly over the rest of it, and all of what's happening that's important, and all of the important people are in Los Angeles, Hollywood, or over there in New York. And all the rest of us, they just fly over us. Well, Mary was in flyover country. She was in, of course, Nazareth where no major road went, and it was Nazareth of Galilee. Galilee was so close to non-Jewish territory, all the way back in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 1, it's called Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, you have to understand the contempt that Jewish people had for Gentiles, and for a a part of their own country to be called Galilee of the Gentiles uh, spoke of the contempt. In fact, that's even mentioned again in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, Galilee of the Gentiles. And so we understand that this region and this town was so despised by the mainstream people of Israel that when Nathanael was introduced to Jesus... Andrew John and Peter were also excited. They said we found the Messiah of him that, that the Bible told us about, Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't hear anything else but Nazareth. And you know what he said? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So we understand this was a part of the country that they didn't realize, didn't think anything would happen in. And here's Gabriel sent. To out of the way, despised town of Nazareth to a little, young, teenage girl. That tells me this. You may not think anybody knows where you are and that you're a little nobody. God has his eye on everybody. God has his eye on you. We may live in small towns, but we're not small stuff to God. Everybody is important to God. God's work in any generation extends far beyond that generation. Now, we look at here and say the generation, of course, that we're dealing with, the time in which Joseph lived and Mary lived. And, of course, Elizabeth and Zacharias, though they were older, it was all part of the frame of of reference there, all part of that particular time. And God was doing a wonderful work in that generation. We understand, of course, the the birth of John the Baptist had just been announced, and God was speaking to them, and of course, the birth of Jesus was now announced, and God was speaking to Mary, but this was not a new thing. Two things we noticed. First of all, the wonderful event of the virgin birth was promised 700 years before, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. The Lord himself would give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you call his name Emmanuel. The Lord himself would give you a sign. And what is this sign? It will be a miraculous birth. A virgin shall conceive. And now the angel comes to Mary and explains to her that she's going to have a child. She said, I, I don't know how this is going to happen Because I'm not married yet. I've never been with a man yet. How's this going to happen? He explains to her the wonderful miracle, the virgin birth of Jesus. This was not a new thing that came up out of the blue 700 years before God announced that. And of course, he says, and you'll call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Well, this is wonderful things that we see about Jesus. This is some wonderful attributes that he would give him. And the name Jesus means God saves. But you see, this was not something that was a spur-of-the-minute decision. God had actually foretold the names and the attributes of Jesus as well. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. As much a part of the Christmas story as the narrative in Matthew and Luke. Matthew, I mean, Isaiah chapter 5, 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I got it marked in my Bible. For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it." Remember what we just read, what he told Mary? Of his kingdom, there'll be no end. He'll be great. 700 years before, God revealed to Isaiah that of his kingdom, there'll be no end. He'll be on the throne of David, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All these things the angel told to Mary, but they weren't new things. They were in God's vocabulary that he shared with Isaiah 700 years before. And the point is this. Since the prophecy of the virgin birth and the greatness of that baby, a lot had changed. Nothing was the same. Times were different. People were different. But listen to this. The plan of God is unwavering through the changes of time. The plan of God is unwavering through the changes of time. Countries change. Kingdoms come and go. People change. Times change. Morals change. What people accept and what they don't accept. God never changes, and the plan of God was unwavering. No matter what changed between the prophecy in Isaiah and when Gabriel came to tell Mary, God's plan never wavered one bit. His plan through the ages stands forever, and he won't waver from that plan. Regardless of what man does, God is untouched, by the kingdoms that come and go and the things that man may decree. And we see that, of course, in the Christmas story. And then we look at Mary's song. Mary's song reveals the foundation of the entire Christmas story. Don't miss this one word that she mentions. In verse 46, after she'd gone to the hill country to be with her cousin Elizabeth, Cousin Elizabeth was rejoicing the fact she recognized. She recognized, of course, that the baby was indeed the Savior coming into the world. And Mary said this, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. He has regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me Blessed. as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. What a song. A lot in here. And you could cover weeks going through all the beauty of this song. But the one word we zero in on, his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. Mercy. It's quite telling that the term mercy comes right after the statement, holy is his name. God is holy. God is pure and holy. And the pure holiness of God cannot accept or condone or overlook sin. The holiness of God demands a penalty for sin, a penalty we cannot pay God cannot condone a shred of sin, and we're saturated with sin. Every single person saturated with sin. It's part of the fabric of our being. And the holiness of God cannot accept that. We're disqualified from eternal life because of that. But the next statement, the mercy of God. You see, God, in his mercy, saw our pitiful state, and developed a plan to bring forth a Savior so that we can have hope in our hopeless situation. That's the foundation of the Christmas story. And this mercy, like the plan of God, is unwavering through the changes of time. She said his mercy is from generation to generation. The psalmist said it this way in the 103rd Psalm, verse 17. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. That pretty well covers it, doesn't it? That covers my generation and the generations to follow. That covers the previous generation and the generations before that. So we understand the beautiful thing about the plan of God being unwavering is the plan of God is all about offering a Savior to lost mankind. That's what we celebrate. We love to celebrate, of course, the birth of the baby Jesus. But it makes the celebration more wonderful to commemorate the Savior that came to live among us. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And that's the gift that we celebrate at Christmas time. The mercy of the Lord from generation to generation includes my generation, your generation, because we need it. We are in need of the mercy of God. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Can you say that you've accepted Christ? You know the sins forgiven, the gift of salvation. Whatever gift you may receive this Christmas, don't, don't ignore the fact that if you've never received the gift of eternal life, that that's available to you right now through Jesus Christ. Maybe we've never stopped to look at it this way and said, you know, I'm, I'm not near as thankful I should be. No matter what else is going wrong in my life with Jesus as my Savior, everything can go right and my eternity is secure. Can you say that? Maybe there's something that you need to talk to God about. Maybe there's a decision you need to make in your life, or maybe you just need to come and pray. This is our time. Make it right with God as we stand and sing. What number 57. Is?